listening to a Sharesies podcast. It's Monday, the 11th of April. This is Recap brought to you by Sharesies. Sharesies is a wealth development platform where our purpose is to create financial empowerment for everyone. Here's a disclaimer. Investing involves risk. You aren't guaranteed to make money and you might lose the money you started with. Any information we provide is general only and current at the time. If you're looking for help with your investment choices, we recommend talking to a licensed financial advice provider. It's Monday and I'm here with Helen. G'day there, Helen. How's things, Jose? Very well, thank you. We're on the, the downward slope to Easter, so I'm, I'm, I'm feeling pretty good. Can't wait, all those hot cross buns. Oh, I see you're a hot cross bun uh, fan, are you? What's what's the what's the secret to the best, uh, to a good hot cross bun? So it's all about the ratio of fruit and spice. Yes. Um, often sourdough can come into it too. So, Ooh. yeah, we're looking at some pretty yummy homemade buns this Easter, but then there's a few good artisan bakeries out there too. Right, so you, but you're, 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 what I'm hearing from you is homemade. I feel like you, you wouldn't be into the sort of like, uh, you know, the, the variations on the theme. They've got to be classic. Yeah, not too classic keen style. on when they put chocolate in it. That's for eggs, in my view. That's sacrilege. It's <laughs> pure, you know, lovely baked bread, you know, that fantastic smell with good fruit and spice. And, um, yeah, I think lovely crunch as you bite in. I agree with you on every every point that you've just made. So thank you for that. Can't wait for you. So let's crack on. A uh, lot to talk about today. Josie, let's start off close to home. I saw that Spark is looking at selling off its cell phone towers. Yeah, well, it's uh, it started a process that may lead to selling off part of its network. Spark told the uh, New Zealand Stock Exchange today that it's starting to look around for any interest in third parties who could invest in its new Spark Tower Co. subsidiary. Now, this new company was actually announced at its half-year results back in February, and now here comes the next stage, according to Spark. You said it's going to be a partial sale. What exactly are they going to sell off then? Yeah, so Spark has about 1,500 towers, but only 1,263 are up for sale. And they're looking at selling the passive mobile assets in their cell network. Now, what what does it actually mean? Well, mobile network infrastructure is described in terms of passive and active. Active refers to stuff like the actual spectrum, the power of the base station equipment, antennas and cables, and remote radio gear. Now, passive assets are the actual towers themselves. Uh, also, contracts and rights to occupy the land they're on and other bits and pieces like service access and fencing. Now, that's the bit that would be up for sale. So, the big question, how much are all these towers worth? Yeah, uh, it's hard to work out. But according to Spark, those uh, Spark Tower Co. assets are worth $102 million, But that's uh, what it's worth on paper. There's been enough similar deals in Australia which would seem to suggest a deal could be worth a lot more. Telstra, for example, sold just under half its tower business last year. Now, that's about 5,500 sites. Uh, they sold that for $2.8 billion Australian dollars. Hmm, so what does it mean for customers if someone else actually owns the towers? Yeah, good question. Uh, at a conference call this morning, CEO Jolie Hodson said there won't be any change for people and businesses that use their services. 
If a deal goes ahead, they'll retain agreements for access for service and other operations. Spark says that building infrastructure for new technology will require a lot more smaller sites and much more uh, density of sites. And Spark Telco will have a much bigger focus on this type of building. Helen, uh, you're about to tell us about a predictable twist to this next story. This is about workers at an Amazon warehouse on Staten Island who made history last week when they voted to form the company's first ever United States-based union. Yes, the antics of the last few days are very much in Jeff Bezos's style. But first, for some context, the vote to unionise among the Amazon workers is the first of its kind since Amazon was founded 30 years ago. And interestingly, it comes off the back of union victories at six Starbucks coffee shops in Buffalo, which were also won by worker-led organisations. Some academics have called it an astounding result and that it could signal a comeback for organised labour in the United States. Okay, interesting. So what's Amazon doing about it? Amazon is seeking to overturn the victory. According to a legal filing obtained by the Associated Press, it's arguing that union organisers and the National Labour Relations Board acted in a way that tainted the results. It now wants to redo the election. In fact, the e-commerce giant has listed 25 objections in its filing. Amazon has pretty deep pockets, and this is not the first time it's been hoping to deter progress by unions, right? Yep. In a previous filing, the company itself revealed that it had spent more than US $4.2 million on paying anti-union consultants over one year. Right, so what are some of the reasons it thinks the election needs to be redone? Amazon, through the lawyers, is claiming the warehouse workers were intimidated to vote for the union. Now, just to recap, the vote was 55% in favour of the union. In one objection, the company said organisers intentionally created hostile confrontations by interrupting what were mandatory meetings the company had called to persuade employees to reject the union. And in another objection by Amazon, it said that organisers didn't have enough staff and equipment, which created long lines and discouraged many workers from actually voting in the polling. It also said that the distribution of cannabis to workers by the union organisers was not a legitimate method of obtaining support. Now, just note, New York legalised the recreational use of marijuana last year for people over 21 years. Is the union saying much in defence? It's saying a few things. Eric Milner, the attorney representing the union, said Amazon was grasping at straws. He argued in relation to the cannabis complaint that it is no different than distributing free t-shirts. Okay, so what happens now? A hearing to review the challenge ballot is expected to begin in coming weeks. And how is Amazon's share price after all this? Shares in Amazon closed down $66.48 or 2% in the US on Friday. Now, Helen, believe it or not, but not all finance stories out of Australia involve mining, banks or casinos. I am shocked. <laughs> What's the story, Jose? Uh, Australia's largest steelmaker, Blue Scope, has made a major acquisition in America, tripling its coating and painting business. Okay, so who have they bought out? They've snapped, they've snapped up excuse me, a company called Coil Coatings, which is the second largest metal painter in the US. The deal is worth $500 million US million and involves Coil's owner, 
Ornerstone building brands. The deal will see Blue Scope's capacity grow from nearly 500,000 to 1.3 million tonnes in its operations in California and Washington. And the deal also comes with a five-year agreement for Cornerstone to continue buying coil coating products. So it looks like Blue Scope has been looking to expand into America. How important is that market to their business, do you think? Yeah, it's, it's been very important to the company in their first half results earlier this year. Their business in America accounted for more than half their total profits. This has been driven by strong margins and surging demand for steel products in Australia and America. And they're wrapping up a $1 billion expansion of their best performing mill in the US. Uh, that's due to happen sometime uh, in the middle of this year. Presumably this has to go through all the usual regulatory checks and approvals. Yes, it does, and it also has to navigate a just-agreed-upon buyout of Cornerstone by private equity group Clayton, Debilia and Rice. The group is paying $5.8 billion for the balance of its already existing 49% share. However, Blue Scope CEO Mark Vassella says he thinks the sale won't be disrupted. The deal is expected to be closed later this year. And the gift that keeps on giving. <laughs> before we go, there's an update on Elon Musk joining the board of Twitter. Yeah, you've got to have an Elon Musk update. Uh, yeah, last week, the CEO of Tesla, Elon Musk, bought up a wad of Twitter, making him the biggest shareholder of the social media company. He was thusly invited to be part of the company's board contingent on background checks and uh, a formal acceptance. He was due to be appointed to the board yesterday in New Zealand time. However, today, the Twitter CEO, Parag Agarwal, released a statement saying Musk was no longer joining the board. Agarwal says Musk remains the largest shareholder and the board will remain open to his input. That was Recap for the 11th of April. Thank you for listening. Absolutely. We'd love you to leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify. Our email is recap at sharesies.co.nz. You can also leave a voice message. There's a link in the episode description. We'll see you tomorrow for more Recap. Atiwa. See you then. Bye.